Thank you for listening to a River Life Fellowship podcast. We're a church family in North Carolina with a vision for people to experience the grace of Jesus, be filled with the Father's love, and to release the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's this week's message from Mooresville. I'm going to read this to you out of Philippians. uh, Chapter 2, verse 3 through 5. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. That's beautiful, isn't it? So I think it's interesting in the Bible, just things that fascinate me about anything is... First things, the first, like the first thing that Jesus ever said in the Bible, and the last thing, the first message that Jesus ever preached, all those really speak to me. But have you ever thought about the very first word that God said in the Bible that was recorded in the Bible? The very first thing in the Bible that God spoke was this little word, let. Uh, so the whole world was created by a little word that said, let there be light. And there was light. And then he, nine times, I think, in chapter 1 of Genesis, God used that little word, let, let there be, and whatever it was, came about. Um, so for a long time, I wanted to talk to uh, you guys about this word, let, because I had this amazing experience with the Lord a long time ago. Uh, and the experience was... When the the Lord was really moving in the church really powerfully, and you know when the Lord moves, everybody is, it kind of upsets the apple cart a little bit. Uh, everybody wants the Lord to move, but when He does, then people get offended. Isn't that the truth? So I was laying in the floor, just blasted by the Lord. Okay, I was just blasted by the Lord, kind of undone. And one of the things that the Lord said to me was this, control is overrated. That's what he said to me, control is overrated. And he said, you need to let this happen. That's what he said to me. And he said, said this to me, he said, in my kingdom, let is a big word. Let is a big word. And if you'll let me, I will give you a download. He didn't say download. I said download. I will give you a revelation of let. And so I said, okay. Let this mind be in me, Lord. Um, So here's something about revelation, okay? So I want you all to get this about control. It's overrated. And your control of of your life will be challenged when God moves because God wants control of your life. He doesn't want you to be in control of your life because you will more than likely make a bad choice and a bad decision, but God never makes a bad choice or a bad decision. Uh, I'm going to give you, tell you this little thing that happened to me uh, this week. I guess it's okay to share this. So my, my beautiful wife, we all got wives make us, right? <laughs> You know the old saying, behind every great man is an even greater woman or something like that. Becky sent me this picture of these two girls that I went to school with, okay? I know, it's okay. 
And I really liked both of those girls, okay, a lot through my early school years. I was in school with them for years, and I was constantly, I didn't call it that, but hitting on them. <laughs> That's what you call it now, hitting on these girls. They would not give me the time of day, okay? I mean, they would not have nothing to do with me, okay? And Becky was, was with them girls and sent me a picture of them. And, well, let me just say it like this. I made, if I would have had, if God would have let me do, if God would have done what I wanted to do, I would have missed out on Becky. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So control really is highly overrated. Okay? Yeah. You really have to. I could tell you more, but I would be in trouble. So. But I really like those girls. One of them was really cute and had dark hair and brown eyes. and It was just torturous, not her rejecting me for years. Anyways. Part of, re- part of receiving revelation from the Lord is... You, you can get a download, okay, but you, it has to be installed, right? You can download a new operating system on your computer. That's one thing. Have you ever, you know, like I, I was downloading my operating system recently, and it said it would take, you know, X minutes. And I thought, oh, cool, I got time to do that. So I downloaded it, and then all of a sudden I had to install it, and it was going to take hours to install it. And that's a lot of the way revelation works in our life. God can download a revelation to you in a moment, but it has to be installed in your life. It has to be worked out in your life. Okay? You, you have, there's a part of you that has to live that revelation before it's really installed. It's not just knowing Bible verses about it or, or whatever or that little moment. There's, there's so much more to it. And so I spent a long time really going after the let thing. And we're just in a season right now, I think, where people need to let go of some things. Because a lot of people have told me, I'm just having to let go. I'm just having to let go. I'm just having to let go. One of the things all of us need to do is let go of yesterday. What did Joe say? It's hard to hold a grudge. Or somebody said that. Corey said, it's hard to hold a grudge in the presence of the Lord. God wants you to let go of, of unforgiveness um, and grudges because all that's going to do is hurt you. You know that old saying, uh, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. That's really what it is. And so we're in a time where the Lord is really asking people to let go of some things. Some of you had a great past and you, had, and you lost something. Um, maybe it was a spouse or maybe it was a community, it, but it's time to let go of it. You've got to let go of it. That's hard to do. If you were around the Lord for a long time, there'll be moves of, of God that'll come in your life and then they'll come to an end. And you have to let go of what God did. Am I talking to anybody? Are you? So... There's this phrase, let go, let God, and let grace go to work. How many people know that phrase? Uh, So we don't get anywhere in the kingdom by our own efforts, right? 
We don't get anywhere with God by striving and by putting forth a lot of effort. Really, we get somewhere with God by letting go and letting God and letting grace go to work. Okay, now this is really important. Letting go and letting God is very incomplete without letting grace go to work. It's an incomplete statement just to let go and let God. It's an incomplete life. It is not the life that's described in the Bible. Um, I wanted to read um, 1 Corinthians 15.10. Are you all with me? Listen to this. By the grace of God, I am what I am. That's identity, right? By the grace of God. You want identity? It starts with grace. You you, you have to find yourself in, in, in a revelation of grace to really start coming into identity. That's foundational to identity. I'm always fascinated. I just want to say this about identity. I'm fascinated when I hear about somebody trying to help somebody with their identity. I always want to know, how are they helping them? I want to know because I, I, I only know, I know a couple of things about it. I know this it comes out of this grace and it comes out of the revelation of the Father. Since he's our creator, he can speak our identity to us. I don't know of other ways. I think counselors try to help people and process through things and hopefully they get them to that point. But if you know of some other way that's biblical, I'd like to know it. And his grace towards me was not in vain, is what Paul said. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. You see that? For Paul, grace didn't hinder Paul. Grace didn't slow Paul down. Grace stirred Paul up. Grace moved Paul. Okay, grace is not passive. Grace is purposeful. You can't have a revelation of grace and it not be have some purposeful thing happen in your life. You have a false revelation if it's not purposeful, according to this scripture right here. Uh, grace freed Paul to be Paul, to be the Paul that we know from the Bible. That's what made him that. And it freed him from, from this judgment and this condemnation that he carried as a former Pharisee of Pharisee, it freed him of that and freed him to run towards the high calling of God and fulfill his purpose in life. That's what grace did. And, and if you think about Paul, because he was the guy who was known as the apostle of grace, he brought a lot of understanding in the scriptures about grace. If you want to know about grace, he would be the biblical guy that can really explain when Jesus said he came full of grace and truth. Paul was able to to communicate that and make it a reality. Y'all are just looking at me so blankly. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Paul, here's some things that Paul, that's fascinating to me about Paul. Because I hear so many things about grace, you know, you, that it's passive. It's, uh, it isn't, you don't do nothing. It's, and I'm thinking, that's not the grace of the Bible. Uh, Paul used, uh, these, here's some phrases I found that Paul used. He spoke about running races. He spoke about fighting fights. He spoke about training as an athlete, being disciplined. Okay? He talked about hard-working farmers. Does that sound passive to you? Hard-working He talked about soldiering and fighting battles. You see, Paul's revelation of grace was very intentional. It was forceful. He was going after something. It was motivating to him. And that's the real revelation of grace. It's not a passive, it's purposeful and intentional. 
So for us to say let go and let God is totally incomplete because it misses the whole purpose and the intention of your life that God has put you on this earth for. So I just wanted to point that out to you because that's kind of important. Let, back to let, I haven't finished on let. Let is powerful wisdom from God. Yet, in the moment, let may not seem like wisdom because lots of God's wisdom... This goes back to letting go of control. Are you hearing me about this control thing? Is, any, is everybody hearing that? You controllers out there, it's overrated. It's hindering you. It's holding you back. Let go of it. That's serious. If you want the things, the desires of your heart, you're going to have to let go of control. So lots of times... Letting go, letting God and let grace go to work doesn't feel like wisdom. Lots of times God's wisdom doesn't seem like wisdom in the moment. It seems like anything but wisdom. But the Bible tells us that wisdom is always justified by its fruit. In other words, if you will let go and let God and let grace go to work, that's the wisdom of God for you in the moment, then you will see the fruit of it in your life. You will see things happen that, you're really going, that, you really, that will fulfill your heart. And so that's, that's really important for us to know. These verses that I just read to you, if you think about it, they're very difficult verses. Don't do anything from selfish ambition. How many people in this room have got that out of them, selfish ambition? Don't lie. Because if you do, tomorrow God may say, hey, remember when you did that? That was ambitious on your part. That was selfish. You know, selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each one esteem others better than yourself. That's hard to do, isn't it? That's impossible to do. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Don't you get tired of doing that? Right? Every parent gets tired of that at times. They keep doing it out of love, but it's hard to always be concerned about everybody else's concern, everybody else's feelings, what everybody else is going to think. I want to make sure they're okay. You know, their interests are being taken care of. Those are difficult things to do. But here's the key. He, Paul tells us to do all this, but then he tells us how to do it. He told us to let it happen, but he told us this. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Because you can't do any of the other stuff unless you get the mind of the Lord. Because when I was laying on the floor that they disconnected and just falling apart inwardly, this is what the Lord says. You cannot do this without my mind. Let this happen. Then he says, but you can't do it without my mind. So it's one of the greatest things in the Bible right here that Paul's telling us the secret to everything, really the secret to our lives is that we have been given access to a mind. We have been given access to the ultimate mind. How many people in here are not very bright? I was going over all the mistakes I made in my life, opportunities that I had to learn things uh, last night because I was watching this guy build something and I was going thinking, gosh, I wish I knew how to do stuff like that. And I remembered, oh, my daddy for years could build anything. He could do anything. And he was always trying to get me to learn it. And I hated it. <laughs> I don't want to help you build anything. I don't want to help you plumb nothing. I don't want to help you rebuild a motor on a car. 
I don't want to help you do anything unless you're paying me. I did tell him that one time because he said, I'm going to go wire this guy's house. You want to help me? I said, you can pay him? He said, yeah, I'll pay you if you'll help me. Because he wanted somebody to crawl under there with the snakes and spider waves under the house and pull wire. But, and I realized, man, I had a golden opportunity because I had this genius of a daddy that could do anything he wanted. He said it's mine to do, but I, didn't, I wasn't interested in any of it. So I felt dumb about it, but, but I have this access to the mind of Jesus. Okay, you have an access to the mind of Jesus. Um, so we can't function from the mind of Jesus and the mind of the world at the same time, y'all. That's what James says, double-minded. That's the ultimate double-mindedness. You can't have both minds at the same time. You have to choose which mind you're going to have. If you choose the mind of Jesus, that means you're letting go of control. That's what, that's what that means. Mm, y'all, y'all are not helping me. Y'all are really not. So here's some uh, meanings of... Well, that can mean different things in the Bible. I'm just struggling up here because y'all are just giving me some <laughs> frownful looks. The word let can have several meanings. It can have several implications depending on the context that it's used in, okay? This is beautiful, y'all. This is amazing. Number one, let can be a word of authority, instruction, or declaration. So when God said, let there be light, he was not suggesting that there be light. He wasn't hoping there'd be light. He was not saying, hey, there kind of needs to be some light. Can somebody do something about this? I would love some light. No, he was saying, there's going to be light, period. He was given a direct order, a direct thing where the light happened. And it wasn't the sun, by the way. That was, what, the fourth day? It was his glorious light that came. Here's a good example. Uh, yes, I can do 35-minute message, Becky, despite what you think. Uh, this is a great example of a let that Jesus gave. I love all these let verses. Matthew 15, 28. This is a declaration. Declarations are important, y'all. We need to learn how to be able to declare the word of the Lord over things. Gosh, we need to declare it over our country if we're going to keep our country. You know, because our country's in bad shape. Uh, it's terrible shape. We're being ruled by evil beings. The demons have taken over America. They really have. We've got to push them back. Because Jesus is above all principalities, powers, rulers, and dominions is what the Bible says. And every knee shall bow to Jesus Christ. That's the saving grace of, G of the United States and every nation. I better be careful. You know what? Let me be honest with you. I'm just going to be real honest. I'm going to mess up this 30-minute message. <laughs> if you talk about anything political in church, you are going to get fussed at by somebody. I, it never fails me. I'm just like, I'm doomed. I'm just doomed. I'm doomed to get somebody on the left, left leaning is going to be mad at me about something or somebody on the right. But you know what? I don't care. I'm not, I'm really not. Hey, we need to be kingdom people. We're not political people. We're kingdom people. And we do need some kingdom people to get involved in politics, by the way, just to make sure. Well, I'm just forgetting that now. I got a lot of passion about what's happening in, in the United States. Because I see the devil at work. And that should rile us up as believers. It's not, honestly, 
You know what? A good prayer, Lord, deliver us from evil men and women that are doing stuff. Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. That's a declaration. Let it be as you desire. Isn't that powerful? Uh, Matthew nineteen fourteen. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me. They were trying to resist children from coming to Jesus. What a bunch of idiots, man. You know, like you don't want kids to get touched by Jesus. Well, they were important. They were too important, right, in their own minds. We don't got time for kids. What a tragedy. Thank y'all for having time for kids, Joe. That was great. That's why we were going to be mad at you if you died. <laughs> That's true. Not really, but you know what I'm saying. Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of heaven. That's an instruction from the Lord that still stands today. Is let the little children. Let can be a prophetic word. It can be a prophetic word. When, G, when God said let there be light, he was implying there's darkness in the world, but there's soon to be light. So let can be a very prophetic statement that where the word of the Lord's released prophetically to change what's happening. Okay? You know, I think a lot about that Matthew five sixteen. Let your light shine. Let your light shine. Meaning there needs to be light released into the earth. That's what Jesus was saying. There needs to be light. That's, that's, we need to think about that. Oh, this one is really good. Let can be a word of potential. But listen to this. On the same day when evening had come, he said, and this is Jesus, let us cross over to the other side. Let us cross over. That's a word of potential. Potential meaning there's a possibility it can happen. But in order for it to happen, you're going to be required to participate in it to see that potential become your reality. Okay? It doesn't mean it's going to automatically happen. It means it's going to take something on your part. They had to get in the boat. They had to row the boat to get to the other side. They had to make a conscious choice to do that. Okay? So lots of times the Lord offers things to us, but but what He's offering is you need to get involved in this. It's not just going to happen. You have to, you have to participate in it. Yeah, so that's an important thing for a lot of believers. We, want, we think the Lord's telling us stuff, but we, we're going to sit around waiting until we get to heaven and wonder why it didn't happen. And he's like, it didn't happen because you didn't show up. It was just a word of potential for you. Are y'all good? Say, I'm going to get done, yes. Oh, here's a, this is the one everybody loves. Uh, Oh, I love this one. Let can be a word of permission, a releasing word, allowing something to happen. It's giving way to something, opening the way for it to come to pass. Here it is. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. That was a word of permission. God has, listen, this is amazing. A couple weeks ago, I think I told you that that was the most, as far as I know, pretty sure, that Jesus, that was the, the most uh, phrase that Jesus used. He used that phrase more than any other phrase in the Bible. I think, he, I think about 16 times total, Jesus said, let him who has ear. That might want to, you know, maybe if he had to tell us 16 times, like, are y'all getting this? I'm going to tell you 16 times, 
Let him who has ears, let him hear. He has given, that. what it tells us, he's given us the ability to hear and he's given us permission to hear. In fact, God wants us to hear. That's what he's saying. I, I, I've given you the power to hear. Now you need to do it. Hear. Begin to hear me. Hear what I'm saying to you. Y'all. Yes, sir. I love that scripture. Let can be, can imply surrender and submission. That's the one everybody loves. This is the most famous one. Then Mary, Luke one thirty eight. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Isn't that powerful? Let it be to me according. In other words, on our end, when we say let to the Lord, then we're giving the Lord permission for his word to be fulfilled in our life. I'm going to just read a few other let ones that I think are very powerful. Uh, John 14:1. Let your heart, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. John 14, 27, same chapter. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Does somebody need to hear that this morning? Does, I'm serious. How many people have got some fear working on them? Okay? That's what Jesus says. See, you, it's a word. You have to let that. He's offering and saying to you and I, you don't have to be troubled about what's going on in America. You can be concerned about it, you can be praying about it, but you don't need to be troubled about it and you don't need to be afraid about it. You don't need to be afraid of, about tomorrow. Okay? Because no matter what's happening, God is going to be there for you. God's going to cover you and God's going to take care of you. you have, that's what Jesus was saying. And we had to believe that. That's why he said, believe, in the first one, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. You know, I, was, I think I might have told you about that story when I went to Tennessee with my son and we got on the side, we were in the middle of nowhere and we got separated on the side-by-sides. <laughs> and he had all the navigation in his side-by-side, all the maps and, the you know, all the electronic stuff to know how to, I mean, hundreds of miles of, of trails. And so we got separated somehow. We can't figure out how we got separated, literally. We, we went back and went through in our mind, how did we get separated? How did we not see each other? And, you know, it was getting dark. There's bears out there. There's wolves out there. I didn't have my gun with me. I was regretting, why didn't I bring my gun? Because <laughs> Aaron had his gun, so we're good. He's got his gun. If a bear comes out and shoot it or some crazy guy, you know. <laughs> because there's a lot of people who... Who there's believe it or not, there's holdups in those roads. People will be on the side of the road like they're broke down their side by side, and the guy comes along and stops to help them. The guy pulls a gun on them and says, Out, and takes their side by side from them. And drive, yeah, they find them all the time where people are just driving to run, I guess, and leave them in the woods. So, so I'm out here and I'm knowing all this, thinking, Lord help, you know, I can't find Aaron, and you know. But I, I, I felt like God was with me. That's what I felt like. God's with me. He, he's going to show me what to do. He's going to get me through this. And I thought, what's the worst going to happen? The worst going to happen, I'll go find a place outside the woods. 
I'm going to get out of these woods, first of all, and I'll find a parking lot somewhere and sleep in it and go, and tomorrow when it's light, I'll go find where I'm supposed to go. You know, because I couldn't get in by cell phone. And God sent this guy to help me. Literally, guy, the guy, and I was wondering, like, maybe this guy's really an angel. His name was Daryl. <laughs> Seriously. And I asked Daryl, I think I told you, I said, Daryl, Daryl, Daryl just all of a sudden, because I'd ask him, hey, dude, can I use your phone a minute? You know, he, he can pull it up. And Daryl was not, you know, Daryl was not no brilliant guy. He was just a guy, you know. He was kind of a redneck, backwards guy, honestly. He just wasn't all together. But Daryl, Daryl all of a sudden serving me. His cousin, let me tell you, I walked up to his cousin's house to see if I could use the phone. His cousin sees me coming up, walks out the door, shuts the gate, and stands on the porch between, and, and is looking at me like, what do you want? Uh, dude, I'm lost. Can you help me? <laughs> and then Daryl comes walking out. And Daryl was like, I'll take you where you want to go. Where you want to go, I'll take you. You want me to take you? I'll, you follow me. I'll take you there. I'll take you. We'll put the side by side somewhere safe. I'll take you to the place. I'll come back and get you tomorrow morning and get the thing. When you, I said, hey, Daryl. Uh, Daryl, do you, do you believe in God? <laughs> yeah, I pray every night. Well, Daryl, God sent you to help me. Do you know that? Yeah, I'm helping you. <laughs> Daryl, what's the one thing you want God to do for you? Tell me one thing you want God to do for you, and I'm going to pray that God would do that for you. He said, I just remodeled a house or built a house or something. I wasn't really sure because he was pretty poor. He said, I just need God to pay that off for me. I said, Daryl, I'm praying that for you. I've been praying ever since. God, pray Daryl's house off if Daryl's a real person. <laughs> if he's not an angel. I said, Daryl, let's go get gas. And I, put, I filled his gas tank up. He was the only empty. So it was 50 bucks. And he said, man, I wasn't expecting you to do that. I was, I was thinking maybe you'd give me $10 or something. I mean, that was the kind of person he was. And I think the whole point, what I'm trying to say is God will take care of you. Even if you get in a situation where you don't know what to do. If you just know that God is with me, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be, and that's what I was doing. I said, I'm not going to let myself be troubled now. I'm not going to get scared. I'm going to use good sense. I'm going to use the brain I got that God's given me. I found some power lines, and I followed them. I said, they'll take me out sooner or later if I follow these power lines. And I followed them for 20 minutes, and sure enough, that's how I got out of there. Okay, I done went off the daggone mark here. I need to get back to let, because this is such an important... Listen, here's a couple more. This is powerful. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let it. It can rule your heart if you will let it. That word rule literally means umpire. Umpire says safe, not safe. Recently, I was talking to a friend of mine. I was telling him about a decision I was making. He said, Brian, I don't know why, but here's the word I'm getting for you. You're safe. You're safe. I said, oh... Yeah, I know what that means. That's the peace of God. That's the umpire saying I'm making the right decision. Never, never go against your peace. The worst mistakes I have made in my life is when deep down inside there was something that says don't do it. But my little head said, yeah, do it. And it, mm, it wasn't good. It was not good. God redeemed me. God made it all work for good. But it was a rough moment in my life. Okay, here's another one that's beautiful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Let, you have to let it. 
You know how you're going to let the word of Christ richly dwell in you? Get your Bible and start reading it. That's one of the ways you begin to let that word come to you. Remember what I said? Let grace go to work. There's something God wants from us. Y'all, come on. Uh, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. That's a good one, isn't it? Two more minutes. Can I tell you one more time? Huh? No? Yeah. <laughs> My favorite, some of the best, I think I've told y'all this a hundred times, but I just live in this advice. I was having a big dispute with a fellow believer. I went and tried to fix it, and we couldn't fix it. So I called this friend of mine to get some advice, okay? Because I, believe, I felt like he would give me good advice, and I decided, right, I'm gonna, whatever he says, I'm going to do it until he told me what I should do. <laughs> then I was hating him. That's the worst advice you ever give anybody. This is what he told me. I told him the whole situation and convinced him, I'm sure, that I was right and my friend was wrong. And I could go, and I was justified in my sight. And this is what he said to me. He said, Byron, I'm going to tell you this. I don't really know about any about what you just said. Who's right, who's wrong. He said, but I do know this about you. God has called you to be a father. So whatever you do, this is the worst. Whatever you do, treat them personally like a father would. Oh, no. No, tell me to treat them like a brother would. I'm going to punch his eyes out. I don't want to treat him like I know what fathers do. They forgive. They let you off the hook. That's what a father does. He's forgiving. He looks the other way. He lets it go. I hate this advice. It was amazing. I could tell anybody that's some of the greatest counsel I ever received in my life. I've used it over and over on myself. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord. A lot of times we think the Lord's at hand like he's coming back. What if it means the Lord's right here? He's he's right in the middle of all this. He's seeing everything. And he would like for you to have some gentleness with other people. That can be hard to do. Okay, we're about done, y'all. It's 12 o'clock. I should be, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, this is easy. Let your request be made known to God. That's important. Thank you for sharing that, Joe, about the prayers. Because he was hearing prayers. Um, I was listening to this rabbi who's not a Christian, but seems to have a lot of good understanding of the Old Testament. And he was talking about prayer. I thought it was great what he said. He said... um, Here's what you do. God wants a relationship with you. Okay, so that's why he has prayer. So here's how you do it. You say, hey, God, this is what's going on in my life. I've got this situation, like with my child or with my job or with my friend or with my wife, and I need you to help me with it. Will you please help me with it? He says, that's really all God's looking for from us. We make that request known to God, and then God will begin to work in our life. And he gave all these Old Testament examples of people just making a simple request to the Lord like that, engaging God in their their everyday situation and how God would move in their life. 
And that's really what Paul was saying. Just let your request be known to him. Let him know what you need. Tell him what the situation is. Talk to God about it. Don't just whine about it. Are y'all good? All right, I'm into this thing. Let us love one another. That's a, that's a beautiful one, Verse John 4, 7. So, is this, anybody getting anything out of this? Let this mind be in you. All right, I'm going to, this is where I'm ending. I want to get back to that because this is really important. Let this mind be in you. I want to tell you this. This is a privilege. We have a privilege. Okay, we really do. It's a privilege that we get to have the mind of Jesus. That he's willing to share his thoughts with us. He's willing to give us his thoughts. We have to let it happen. That's why I say Mr. and Mrs. control people. You will not get the mind of Jesus while you're in control. The only way you're going to get the mind of Jesus is let go, let God, and let grace go to work. That's the only way it's going to work in your life. See, the grace of God releases the mind of Jesus into your mind, into your thoughts. He will begin to give you his thoughts. We, it's not just thinking like Jesus. You know that old thing, what would Jesus do? I think it's more like, I believe it's more like this. It's literally thinking the thoughts of Jesus. Where his thoughts begin to flow. And I've seen his thoughts in an in a ecstatic experience. I've seen the thoughts of God flowing. I've saw I've seen them flowing in a room. I saw thought after thought after thought. God is full of thoughts and they're flowing all the time. And He wants us to be able to receive those, let those come. And so when I was laying on the floor, concerned, you know, that this is ridiculous. This is no way to do a church. You know, you can't do a church like this, God. This is wrecking the church. Well, maybe the church needs wrecking. Maybe God just wants to wreck everything so he can fix it the way he wants it to be. You know, and so we have to have that heart. You and I have to learn how to be willing to risk everything that God has put in our hands. If you are willing to risk it, that's the way you get more from God. You don't get more from God gripping and holding on. You get it by risking it. You, that's why, you know, faith is, is called risk. It's, you risk everything. You, and that's the way we advance in the Lord. That's the way we're going to have this new move of God that He's going to bring. We're going to risk everything that we have right now. We're going to say, oh, this is beautiful, but God has something even more beautiful. God will make this even more beautiful. Are y'all good? <laughs> and, and God wants us to have that kind of heart, to let Let go. To let go of whatever it is in your life. There's something in your life that God is asking you to let go. I promise you, most of the people in this room, there's something in your life that God wants you to let go of. It may just be a thought that you desperately need to let go of it because if you do not let go of it, it's going to hinder you. It's going to be in the way of what God has for you. It's going to be in the way of the life that God has for you. The beautiful life. I'll tell you something, y'all. I would trade nothing for what God did. Nothing. Because it completely changed my life. It opened up a spiritual world to me that it was not open to me up until that time. 
But I had to let go of control. I was nervous about it. I was concerned about it. I was concerned. Real concerned. I was concerned for me. I was concerned for this church. And, okay, let's just be 100% real. If this church goes down the tubes, I don't have a job no more. That don't make me feel good. You know, so my whole livelihood was suddenly at stake over what God was doing. Are y'all getting this? Because I know it might be easy for just somebody who comes to church, oh, well, that church fell apart too bad. You know, well, it ain't just too bad if you're the guy in your whole livelihood. You know, that's just being real. But when we begin to let go and let God and let His grace begin to work in life, God always proves Himself. He always does things well. He, and I've told you this a million times. God told me also, later on forth, Byron, there's two kinds of fruit in this world. There's two kinds of fruit. There's the fruit that man produces, and there's the fruit that God produces. My fruit is way better than anything any man can produce. And there's two kinds of messes in the world. That's what he told me. There's the mess of man, and there's the mess of God. And my messes always produce something good. Your messes only create work. You have to go back and clean it up. And so we get to decide which mess we're going to walk in. All right, y'all. Y'all, man. Mm. I'm going to... So, here I wrote down some thoughts. Think, think about... Uh, Genesis 1, the world was dark and void uh, without form and void, and the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the earth. Okay, that's, that's what it says. And then it says, then God said, let there be light. So, does your life feel shapeless, chaotic, and dark right now? That's the question. Do you have some of that going on in your life? Is there a part of your life? Okay, shapeless, chaotic. Okay, do you feel overwhelmed or fearful? Is that, are those feelings that you struggle with at times, you just feel overwhelmed? Everybody feels overwhelmed at times, but I'm just talking about something that's ongoing, that you're suffering with fear, you're, you're afraid, you have this fear thing working in your life. Listen to this, do you feel guilty, ashamed, or confused? Guilty, shame, ashamed, or confused? Do you feel rejected? Do you feel taken advantage of or even abused? Is any of those kinds of things working in your life? Do you feel overlooked, unloved, or even unlovely? What means you don't feel like you can be loved. Okay? If so, this is what I'm telling on myself. <laughs> I felt all that stuff, y'all, at one point in my life. Why not let God speak into your life? If, if that's what's happening in your life, the question is, like, why wouldn't you say, God, let, I let you speak into my life? You give him permission. Lord, I let you have your way in me. I let your kingdom come. I let your will be done. Lord, I'm going to let it happen. I'm going to surrender today. I'm going to let go today. I'm going to let you do this today. I'm going to let grace go to work in my life today. 
And that's, that's really what let is all about. It's all about that. Let's the victory that we have, y'all. And so you're coming up on something in your life, and I'm coming up on something in my life that I'm, we're going to have to let go. And that we're going to have to let God and we're going to have to let grace go to work. It may be something wonderful like a revival, but it may not feel wonderful at the moment. Or it may be something terrible like a, like a, a collapse of society. That could happen. That could happen. We're still going to have to let go and let God and let grace go to work. No matter what it is, whether it's something terrible or something wonderful, we have to be people who can let go. And the best time to learn how to do that is today. If you're a control freak, you better start, you better listen to me. You better listen to what I'm telling you. If you feel like you have to be in control and you won't let go, no matter what it is, no matter what you're doing. Because you're going to be in trouble when the, you know, the, chips, <laughs> the chips hit the fan, so to speak. Okay, y'all stand up. Y'all are just me. Y'all are, ter- y'all are a rough crowd, I'll tell you, y'all. you got to let God. That's what you got to do. Well, I went over. I'm sorry. <laughs> Y'all good, but them Sunday school teachers are coming out swinging. <laughs> the nursery workers will be threatening me. I'm glad they are the nursery workers. We don't, we don't let the nursery workers be armed, and the reason is they would come here and probably shoot me. <laughs> no, they can be armed if they want to. If they are legal. Yeah. Um, I just want to, I just really want to pray for people who have issues with control, okay? And probably you don't think you do, because most people who have issues with control don't even know they do until the moment comes when they had to choose between being in control and letting go and letting God and let grace go to work. But I want to pray, you know, that the Lord would just help you let go and let God and let grace go to work in your life today. I want to really encourage you, um, for people who've never really had an experience with the Lord, uh, besides, oh, I felt loved by the Lord, I felt this nice presence. I'm talking about an experience with the Lord where you were just so overcome by the Lord that you really were kind of incapacitated. You, you didn't, suddenly you didn't have even the ability to do what you think you can do. That will change your life. That is one of the most wonderful things that's ever happened to me is when the Lord literally put me down and put his hand on my chest and would not let me get up until he said you can get up. It changed me. And it made me a better better version of Byron. And I just believe God really wants to engage you like that, just like a, a, a natural dad engages his children.
is he wants to engage you in a way that would really touch you on a deep level that would would change your life and that's where the let go really really is the most important thank you for listening to a river life fellowship podcast to get more information check out riverlifefellowship.com 